This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Richard Rollins on uh, on hold right now, of course, Fast and Loud, Gas Monkey Garage, and uh, off of his uh, holiday party last night, the company oh, holiday party. Yeah. Who booked this? <laughs> I don't who know. Who did that to him? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hailing from Fort Worth, Texas, our next guest is a veteran of the famed Cannonball, Gumball, and Bull Run rallies, and owner of the Gas Monkey Garage who came to fame as the star of the Discovery series, Fast and Loud, and last week, it was revealed that he was the winning bidder, paying over $230,000 for the 1949 Triumph Trophy 500 motorcycle ridden by Henry Winkler as the Fonz on the long-running series. Happy days, please welcome, Richard Rawlings. Sorry about the, uh, the the timing of the call. Yeah, I know, right? Your boy called me the other day and was like, no, it has to be Monday morning. I was like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> hey, how was your Christmas party? It was pretty stellar, man. I did like a, a trashy dive bar, like just no no structure, no nothing. Just all my friends getting together and uh, a lot of employees and stuff like that and just having some beers and Yuletide cheer, as they say. Yeah, well, it, it, isn't it? Especially when it's uh, not necessarily a work party, but your your friends, your family, the family that you choose. Exactly. It was it was a little bit of a mix of everything. Yeah, and it really, as time moves on, it does. It's funny how it means more and more. You know, at least to me, for sure. Like I, you know, you realize that man, we are getting a little older, and, and time does pass, and and how fragile and how very very uh, amazing real friendships are and how much how valuable they are yeah i, I couldn't say it more about that we could go on for hours but yeah you know your your core uh your core friends are uh you know your life yeah well it's who, it's who you share everything with right it's what good is any success uh, what good is is even money if, if you're all alone in it you know and you don't have it is, you know, if you don't have, like, you go out to the bottom, you buy the Fonzie bike, the 49 Triumph motorcycle, which we all wondered who spent 230 grand on it. But <laughs> if if you were without your friends or your family, like, it's just, there's not, it doesn't mean as much, right? Exactly. You know, I bought that bike because um, it meant something to my family, my upbringing, me and my dad's relationship, um, you know, it was just, it was a, you know, it was just something that I never realized was iconic as it was to me and uh, my family and my upbringing until I noticed that it was for sale. And I was like, holy cow, you know, I, 
that's that's something that's pretty intense for you know me and my dad. And I thought, well, you know, I guess I'll uh, be the next uh, conservator of yeah. that motorcycle. And it means so much. And I don't know if you've uh, crossed paths with Henry Winkler, but he is. One I, of, I have not. I did get to talk to him a little bit on the phone when I bought the bike. But other than that, no. He's one of the kindest, most generous, most wonderful human beings. And we've all here at the show become friends with him over the, over the last 10 years. And he is he's, he's an unbelievably good human being, man. So it, it's, it's fantastic that now you own this. Uh, you know, I, I, I like I said, I'm just the, the next conservator. I'm sure that it'll move on. I just want to uh, have some fun with it, and I want to take it up to the home where I have my dad. It's supposed to come in maybe in the next couple of days. I'm hoping to, before Christmas, uh, take it uh, to where my dad uh, is uh, staying. And uh, I don't know that he'll notice it. I don't know that he, he'll know it's a motorcycle, and anything car and motorcycle always kind of puts a bright light in his eye. Uh, but I don't think he's, I think he's well past the stage where he'll really realize what it is, but I do. And, sure. and that's one of the keys to Alzheimer's is, uh, and, and it's a horrible disease that, uh, you know, millions of people are going through with their family is you don't, you, you don't want to force them. I call it having funds with the old kids because yeah. no, that's you don't right. want to force them. You don't want to force them to understand what you're trying to tell them. You want to have fun with them and hope that they in, in, enjoy it. You know, if they think the, the the bombs are coming and they're hiding under the table, get under the fucking table with them and have a good time. You know, that's exactly right. Coming. No, no. Listen, I, I, my dad's going through the same. And uh, yeah, you, and it took a long time. I, I kind of tried to reprogram my mom. I was like, because, you know, it's, it's natural when we're losing somebody to keep kind of throwing the mental test to them, trying to gauge them. And I'm like, you got to stop. No, don't do it. No, you can't do it at all. You go, hey, if my dad goes, hey, uh, the Navy called, um, it, it, you know, I'm supposed to report. I'm like, great, I'm going to get the bags. We're going to the Navy. And you just, you just, you just go with it because there's no point to, because I do believe at certain stages that it just makes them realize that something's going on and it scares them and scare a lot of t- being scared and fearful turns into anger. And, and it really, there's another way to do it. And you, you really nailed it. You have fun with them. You just don't challenge it. And and some of the things I realized with my dad anyway is uh, older things way back in the memory books are still there. Music is still there. If we listen to music he liked, yeah, music. Yeah, it works really well. This this may trigger it as well. Maybe watching Happy Days together might might you know so he remembers that. And it may not. But yeah, it, I it plan might. on bringing some. Uh, I plan on bringing some uh, uh, either downloaded on my iPad or what, and try to watch a little Happy Days and uh, see if that triggers it. But, I mean, my dad was was the Fonz in the 70s. I mean, my dad rode his motorcycle with his leather jacket and hung out, you know, and, and, and just, I mean, I think he, he met a side in the, in the story so far, but he was, like, getting chewed out by my stepmom for not taking part in the, high, in the uh, elementary school carnival where, like, you pick up the duck and it has a number on it or you throw a dart and try to hit a balloon or, you know, the moms are selling... Uh, cookies or candy or whatever, and he wasn't doing anything for the carnival. So my dad said, okay, fine, just leave me a spot. I'll be there. Don't worry about it. And after the carnival started, my dad comes tearing across the elementary schoolyard on his Kawasaki 750 LTD, 
uh, and did some donuts, you know, and threw up some, some dirt and then parks right next to his little 10 foot spot, you know, for the carnival and pulls out a card that says kissing booth $1. And, uh, <laughs> Come on. That's un- fantastic. I'm serious. I am serious. Unzips his jacket. And my dad was hella cool and hella good looking dude. And, uh, unzips his jacket a little bit, showing off a little bit of his chest and, 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 uh, starts making out with all the PTA moms. You know, he wasn't invited back to any other carnival. You know, that was, that was one and done, but it was cool. Man. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fantastic. I mean, you know, because these are the moments that shape us, right? When you're, when you see somebody bigger than life, uh, these heroes, you know, be your father. Like, it's just, uh, it's so much more powerful. Like, in the time, like, how old were you when you saw this? Uh, probably like nine, eight, yeah. nine, you know. Think about it, dude. You're, you're not right there yet. You're aware of girls. You know, you think that this is going to be a cool thing, but you're pretty unsure. So, because you're still a little boy. And your dad is so much more of a, of a superhero. Uh, unstoppable. Oh, he was just making out with chicks, man. <laughs> so great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's crazy. That's, it's funny. It's crazy to watch my father, a guy that, you know, to me was the strongest superhero in the world. He was, he was the toughest guy. He was also scary. And, you know, to see us as we all get older and we fade a little bit and we have our challenges, man, it's, it's, uh, it'll, it'll set your head right and it'll give you a perspective of, of what this world's really worth, right? Oh, I tell you, man, it's, uh, and, 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 you know, they don't forget, they don't, like you said, they don't forget music, they don't forget cars, motorcycles, whatever they were into, they don't forget, you know, the high points in their life. They might not understand what they are and what they're thinking about. Right. But, uh, and they don't, and they don't forget, uh, you know, the ladies, uh, I mean, I've been called at my dad's place. I've been called into the principal's office, so to speak, because, uh, those, those people, uh, you know, in those homes, they still get after it. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do with this motorcycle? So if you're just joining the show, uh, a friend of the show, man, Richard Rollins, you guys know him from, uh, gas monkey garage and fast and loud and, and, and across, you know, years of that 16 years, I think, uh, seasons. And you bought this motorcycle, this this iconic piece of America, of, of Hollywood memorabilia, the the motorcycle that the Fonz rode in the TV show. It's a '49 Bonneville, and it wasn't in great shape. Uh, Triumph. I don't know if it's a Bonneville or not. Uh, is it a Bonneville? It's a trophy. It's a trophy. Okay, and but it wasn't. It didn't look like. Was it running at this time, or you're going to have to get it up? To tell you the truth, I do not know. I I actually sent an email the other day to find out. Now, I know that it has ran in the recent past, but I don't know that if it's up to snuff right now. Uh, but uh, it will run and drive when I get it because I can fix anything. Yeah, right. And but will you change but, anything on it? Because it's you want it to stay the original color, Oh, absolutely right? yeah. not. No, no. That bike will stay just like it is. I plan on uh, sending it around to the world to some different shows and museums and, you know, whatever might fit its uh, motif, so to speak. Um, and, uh, you know, I want the... I want to kind of let it live a life of its own um, and, you know, show it off and, and have some fun with it. Uh, this isn't something that I'm going to stick in a, in a garage and, you know, claim my own like some people that collect things do. I'm going to definitely get it moving around the world and having some fun with it. Yeah, no, because that's the joy. People get to see it, get to share in it. And uh, and I love when I go places and uh, there's a great car uh, place. What is the name of the place up in Chicago, just outside of Chicago? It's the giant car museum oh i'm sure you've been there uh it doesn't matter but it's 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 like a the size of a shopping mall and but whenever you get to see the iconic ones because the reason i remembered is because of all the movie cars they have the reproductions the 
the uh, the the you know the Batmobiles, the the amazing stuff from the Munsters. You know the A Team vans, the the cars that we just loved so much, man. The you know the Dukes of Hazard, the General Lee, the Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. It's you know my dream is for sure to have a Smokey and the Bandit level tree at TA, but those things are ridiculous, huge money now. They have gotten uh, pretty crazy, and uh, you know I'm a big fan of the Thomas Crown Mustang because I have one, I built one. And, uh, you know, the real one sure. said not to exist, but I've heard varying stories. But, yeah, I like the iconic stuff, but I, you know, you know, I've got kind of a weird collection of my own that is, it, it doesn't really have any rhyme or reason. It's just whatever happens to trick my trigger. Right. Do you have, do you have anything historical, anything with the, the what's your, do you have one with a favorite story? Uh, probably the most iconic thing I have uh, in my collection is uh, Gene Winfield's uh, King T. He built the King T in 1963 and won the America's Most Beautiful Award, our Most Beautiful Roadster Award. Um, and uh, it's purple with, like, uh, ivory-colored interior and stuff like that. But it's been a model. It's been a, a Hot Wheel, a Matchbox car, a Ravel model. I mean, uh, it's got killer, killer history. And Gene Winfield is, is a force of nature. I mean, I think he's, like, 95 or something right now. Uh, and it's still chopping cars and traveling the world and going to schools and going, you know, to other countries and teaching kids uh, at 95. He's still doing it. it and, and I'm not talking about just like once in a while. His schedule, I've seen it. I'm like, I don't even want to do that schedule. You know, that's <laughs> right. too much. No, and by the way, Volo was what I was thinking of, the V-O-L-O Auto Museum. Volo, yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, but it's, you know, old motorcycles, old cars, stuff that was a prototype, things that there's, there's very few of. I, I'd never seen the Chrysler Imperial. I was at a car show this summer uh, with, a, with a record player, the Hi-Fi, the Highway Hi-Fi that they put in that actually spun, you know, records at twice the normal speed. So uh, it, it was just amazing to watch. But then I started talking to the owner who'd had it since he was a young man, and he bought it from Dr. Mayo of the Mayo Clinic, and there were pictures, same car when he owned it. Uh, you know, these super famous uh, you know, heads of state had come to the Mayo Clinic, pictures inside it, and, and the story about how he bought it and what it meant to him. You know, so many people will walk by a car, admire it, and keep on going, but I found that if you, if you ask a couple questions, man, there's some stories, and you can just see the emotion come up in people and what it means to them. Uh, not you because really can. I mean, yeah. I, I'm hoping to build uh, a museum uh, here in Dallas, I, I kind of have one small, but I would like to build something, uh, you know, really large and uh, what have you. I, I think that, you know, with the advent of electric cars and things like that and, you know, the disposable society that we're moving into, um, I think there's a real reason to, uh, you know, collect some of these things and keep them around and tell the stories of where they came from. It's, um, you know, it's sad to me because, like, steam cars in the early 1900s, you know, when sure. they were messing around with steam and trying to figure out what to do, or even late 1800s, that stuff's kind of dead. And now we're seeing the 30s hot rod, you know, the Model A's and the 32, the Deuce Coupes and things like that starting to die off. And we're seeing the 50s lead sleds starting to die off. And, um, you know, I don't really know what the future is, <clears throat> you know, with the way that people are being brought up now with that's a tool, not an expression of your personality. Right. And uh, that, that kind of bothers me a little bit because, you know, to me, you know, cleaning my car on Friday night right before I go out to cruise it, you know, that was, that was a big thing. And now kids just call up an Uber and go to the bar, you know. 
No, you're, you're a thousand percent right. And, you know, there were magical times in, in our history because it coincided the car industry with other things were happening. Like when we were in the space race against Russia and we we're trying to get to the moon and get a rocket into the sky. All of a sudden, all the cars started to have these rocket like tail fins and rocket like head fins. And, uh, and, yeah, for sure. And it was super exciting because now you you can literally you can correlate year by year as to what people were into. And they were trying to find ways to entice these families into buying these giant cars that that look so space age. But now to us, it's it's cute. You know what I mean? It's it's vintage and it's very cool. But, you know, the, the, there's one I was looking at it had a clear air conditioning tube that ran through the interior to the back. But they, the big thing was you could see through it. Oh, that was the Lincoln Premier. That was yeah. those were Lincoln Premiers from 1956. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly it. it. But how great is that kind of craziness that maybe only was there for a year or two? Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty cool. Um, and, and it's sad. I think we're going to end up ultimately losing that um, because – the the kids these days, and, and I hate to say the kids, but just people these days don't look at it as an extension of their personality like they used to. Right, right, right. It's uh, you know, it, everything comes and goes, and every generation looks at the next generation a little less, and it's just part of it. You know, for God's sakes, if you're you know, if what good would it be to be a teenager now? If somebody from, you know, our generation didn't tell them what they're listening to wasn't music, you know, you got to have your own thing. <laughs> They'll find it. It's, uh, you know, this, there's a lot of good, I think, individuals. You're right. The world's not doing it. But I, I'm always happy to see guys out racing. I see guys in motorcycles, cafe racers down in the West Bottoms here in Kansas City uh, around the coffee joints. You know, like, like there's a lot of there's still a lot of people out there trying to find their identity through through uh, transportation, as strange as that sounds. But it, it's pretty fantastic to watch. Absolutely. It's, I got a buddy who, on the total separate notice, has just now rediscovered Mongoose BMX bikes. He lives in Brooklyn, and he uses it to get around everywhere he goes. Doesn't have a car. He currently has five bikes because it's become a sickness. Oh, I, I, I'm on a search right now for my original Swin. I had an SX-1000 or 100. It was, it was copper colored with yellow wheels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, my brother had a, a bike that had an extended front fork with a banana seat. It was purple and glitter vinyl, and then had a huge sissy bar in the back and a fat rear tire that was so kick-ass. Worst bicycle in the world. Like, you could not, everybody who's ever ridden a full chopper, like really ridden a chopper, knows that's a terrible handling motorcycle in, a, in any kind of a parking lot or turning situation. And he had a bicycle like that. He crashed it a million times. It even had buckhorn uh, handlebars on it. Like, everything you did to it <laughs> was just asking a kid to eat it into a curb or a sewer somewhere. But, man, did we love that bicycle. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, I, I know that uh, we, we jumped up right on you after you've got just a few hours of sleep. Uh, if you're just joining the show, Richard Rawlings had his holiday party last night, his Christmas party for his friends and family at the shop. Uh, got up early. And, uh, man, $232,000, man, that's a big check to write for a car that, or a motorcycle. It, 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 for a motorcycle, but, I mean, you know, if that motorcycle wasn't what it what it is, right. it would cost about $232. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, uh, is, is that the most expensive vehicle you ever purchased? Um, you know what? I, I'm sad to say no. I've bought some pretty expensive <laughs> stuff over the years, but... Uh, it's definitely more than I thought I was going to pay. It was, you know, when you get caught up in the moment and they're, everybody's bidding. I mean, there were, you know, there were people bidding against me. It was, there were many people in, uh, trying to get that vehicle. I asked the auctioneer over the phone and he goes, he goes, he goes, every one of my phone officers is standing up, which means they have a bidder. He goes, there's probably 10 in the room. And he goes, and I don't know how many we have on line. 
So there was a lot, a lot of people trying to buy that motorcycle. Sure. And isn't it funny because you can watch the high bids go based on era and, and how old the buyers are because, you know, kids that watched Happy Days now have come in, if they're, if they're lucky enough and they've worked hard, they've come into some money and that's the age group that can afford it, you know. And, and every, you know, 10 years it shifts out, those, that, that generation of people. You can see what goes where and who buys what. It's, uh, it, it is fascinating to go to those auctions and, and watch that memorabilia move down the line. And, I, and we oh, wondered. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in memorabilia as much as, as vehicles themselves. But the memorabilia stuff, uh, a lot of people don't know until I get this museum thing I'm trying to do built. You know, I'm a big collector of old neon signs, uh, hotel signs, you know, the, the ones that say no vacancy or the sure. beer signs. You know, I've got cases and cases and pallets of all that kind of stuff that I'm going to eventually put up. Um, you know, but now I'm starting to sound like one of the old guys that uh, I buy vehicles from. <laughs> well, I'm going to restore that one day. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. <laughs> oh, no, there was a great place, uh, Main Street, downtown Kansas City, Missouri, called the Grand Emporium that everybody, it was the home of blues. I mean, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan played there. I saw Screaming Jay Hawkins play there. I mean, you, you name it, they played there. It also was a punk rock joint, and eventually it went away, but I, I found the sign in the same building down in the basement. My buddy worked there as a bartender, and it took me about five years to talk the owner out of it because it was getting destroyed and just had it uh, restored and put it in my house with 350 pounds of ballast transformers and, you know, neon that signs. freaking really cool. Yeah, and it's, but I could not stand seeing it in that basement getting kicked in, you know, because every time they'd move it, it would break a little more. And... That's super cool. I have a sign similar to that for Dallas that uh, I bought. But, yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff that I really, I think, is uh, super, super cool. Yeah, no doubt about it. Man. I love that piece of history. And then going back online and finding pictures of it, you know, in the, in the news files. It's just there's something that uh, it, it's strangely comforting, huh? Uh, it is. It, I mean, the, I've got the Greenville Avenue Bar and Grill sign uh, that is here in Dallas. And it's it hung in its same spot since 1946. Yeah. And I got pulled of it when they were changing the building and moving stuff. So, Dude, yeah. It's, uh, well, listen, I, I'm going to let you go, Richard. But, man, I just it's good to hear your voice. I hope you have a great Christmas. And I, I do, I really appreciate you stopping by because it's, uh, I think it's fantastic that you own that motorcycle now. And uh, I hope you get to spend a little time with Henry Winkler because he is, he is just the kindest human being I've ever met. Well, he, he seems to be, and uh, I hope so. But right now, we're going to get that bike here in Dallas. And, Take it over and let my dad hang out with it for a little bit. We'll watch some happy days on the old iPad and uh, have a cold beer. Yeah, man, best of luck to you, man. I hope it's beautiful for you. All right, hold on a second. Stay there. It's a good dude, man. He dropped $232,000 so his dad could have a moment again. I hope it's everything he... I really do. I hope it's everything he imagines. And it really might be. Um, one thing about Alzheimer's, is you uh, music that you loved when you were younger really is, is set inside your mind and i don't know why but over and over again you'll find these videos of people who are pretty non-responsive uh it's pretty far gone with mm -hmm. this disease and they'll put headphones on them and you'll see them brighten up and everything starts working again like they, they remember the lyrics, yeah. or they remember the tune, but they remember who wrote it. They can suddenly remember things that were involved with that music. Maybe they saw the band at a certain place. Maybe they remember what happened that night. But for whatever reason, music has this effect in our memories, and TV shows can do it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's older memories.
that died. Kind of the nostalgia of, of the and time you were like coming of age. They maybe. don't know why. They don't remember breakfast. They don't remember this last five years. Uh, and they certainly don't remember anything since the disease started to progress. But they do have these way back in there, man. And it is, it's heartbreaking and joyous and all the, you, you, when you watch it, especially if you ever met anybody who has Alzheimer's or somebody who's parents and, and watch them, you know, struggle with, with their parents being ill. Uh, watching somebody all of a sudden wake up, even if it's for just a moment, that, that humanity is still there. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, if you don't cry, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. You know what I mean? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.